When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Folks, welcome back to Mike Morris's Mind Escape. We have episode number 243 tonight. Uh, Mysteries and Metaphysics 6.2 is what we're going to be discussing. Uh, 6.0 was on UFOs and UAPs. 6.1 was on um, aliens and it, like interdimensional slash metaphysical beings. And I thought we would kind of spin off of both of those a little bit and talk about the altered state consciousness aspect of all that. Uh, but, uh, before we get started, I just want to, uh, go through a few things here. Um, the winner for the mind escape t-shirt for last month is Ty. Uh, so Ty, you are the winner. Um, so if you want to send me an email, I will also reach out and respond to your email. Um, and we will get your information and Maurice will get that out to you. Um, so congratulations to Ty. Uh, and next, um, I'm not going to go through the whole, uh, spiel, but, uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, our link tree is down below. Uh, we have Patreon, we have merch stores, we have all the links down there. So if you want to support the show, uh, there's plenty of ways to do it on there. Also, if you don't have anything to contribute, totally fine. You know, we know the state of things out there right now. So a good way to support the show would be to leave us a nice review. That's always a, a positive thing that we enjoy. So, and uh, we've been getting um, feedback for a while in the last like uh, three or four of these mysteries and metaphysics that have been really positive. So we appreciate all those kind words and emails and everything. So thank you to everybody. And thank you to everybody that engages with the questions that I post on uh, Spotify. If you watch us on Spotify. Uh, so again, thank you. Um, and yeah. I think that's uh, about it. What's going on, Maurice? How are you? Good, good. What's the good word? Nothing much. Same old, same old. Um, I hear you. Shout out to Nature's Wrath. Uh, thank you for popping in here and uh, checking us out. Again, if nobody knows this, if you listen to us on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Google or whatever, uh, we do do our shows live on our YouTube channel, and then they get uploaded there. So if you want to check us out live, you can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Again, the link's in our link tree. Um, so I wanted to talk about a couple different things uh, having to do with this topic. So one of the things we always talk about um, in association with these metaphysical experiences, whether it be UFO sightings or mystical experiences, things of that nature, 
not always, but a lot of the time they are connected to altered states of consciousness. So I thought that's an important um, factor to discuss when talking about this topic, whether it be UAPs or aliens or UFOs or paranormal stuff, anything having to do with any of that stuff. So um, two ways to look at this, or I should say two ways that people usually discuss this, whether it be UFO Twitter or um, in forums, things of that nature, is the nuts and bolts people versus the consciousness people. Um, the nuts and bolts people, I would consider them materialists or they're usually into materialism. Um, and then you have the consciousness people which have a more idealistic or they're, they're coming from a point of view of idealism uh, when they discuss that. So um, when I, when I mean is between materialism and idealism. Uh, so the universe is either made out of physical objects and that that's, first or primary so actual things precede being or you know mental entities or consciousness uh, and then the people that make the argument for consciousness um, say that consciousness is the foundation or it's primary and it's the the you know the primary primary thing within the universe um, that gives rise to material things um, so again there's two different ways to look at that um, and you could kind of hybrid those things too i think it's possible to believe that there is material things but also believe that consciousness plays a huge role in it and that they're um you know i mean you could i guess you could use like a hybrid version of that where you think that maybe ufos or uaps are physical things but you also know that consciousness has some sort of weird metaphysical mystical properties. I, I, there's people like that out there too. So this is just what I've been observing. Um, and usually people break down into these different groups when they think about things like this. So, um, and that happens across the board with a lot of topics. So, um, I feel like some of the people are dogmatic, um, that think of these things in physical ways uh, and materialistic ways in, in the sense that, um, I think that those people, and this is just me speculating, but this is, again, my observations. These people don't want to come off crazy or too out there. Um, so that's how they talk about it. It's like to reconcile um, the idea that this thing is kind of a, a metaphysical topic um, and it's been ridiculed for a long time. So they take a more materialistic route um, to appeal to more modern, mainstream, or dogmatic academic ideas. I guess the other argument would be is we know that we are here, we're physical beings, we can touch things, we can feel things, we have senses, um, we interact with things around us. So in that regard, um, that would be one of the um, arguments I would say for that is like they're just going by what we know, which is right here in front of us. Um, let's see here. Uh, I guess I have observed the other side of things too. So there's another, you know, the, the opposite side would be the dogmatic consciousness people that think we're mentally entangled with aliens and the UFO phenomena. Um, and they won't even consider the fact that there might be some sort of physical craft or extraterrestrial aliens that are physical beings that live on other, um, planets and things of that nature. So, uh, -huh. uh but I would say that the, that's the main um, contrast right there. How do you feel about that? Um, I love the, to dip my toe into the metaphysical, but you know, obviously we need more tangible evidence for us, for, for us to, to side with that. What do you think? 
Um, I can see both. Like I said, I can see both sides, like points that both sides make that make sense. Um, I mean, I get, I'll get to this, which is I've mentioned this many, many times, but I don't think you can look at any of this without at least acknowledging the fact that everything we know gets filtered through our consciousness. So every single thing um, we perceive quantify, measure, observe, all that, you know, whatever it is, uh, is filtered through our consciousness. So that being the case, if everything gets filtered through our consciousness, then I don't know how it couldn't be um, a consciousness-based um, thing. I guess the difference would be um, maybe some people think that that's what connects everything together, where I'm not so convinced that... Um, I think it's, I think it's possible to be still separate or have personal autonomy, um, and still, I guess, um, you know, look at this thing in terms of a consciousness standpoint. Like, meaning that you don't have to feel like you're connected. Like, there's some people that will take a very Eastern um, philosophical approach to this. I don't necessarily think that you have to look at it that way. I guess is what I'm saying. But I mean. Uh, that there's different ways to look at it. I would say for me personally, again, I think it's consciousness based just because everything is consciousness based. I think that I'm, I, I would say I take a very idealistic approach to this, a very platonic, um, philosophical approach to it, uh, you know, and I'm open to always open to new data or ideas. And I love hearing, um, people that either have opposite or opposing ideas. I love having dialogues with people um, that are open-minded. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just depends. Um, but I would say that's where I I fall uh, on that whole spectrum. Um, yeah, and I don't think you have to fall into one camp. You can kind of be... Right, and you can change your mind. Yeah, make a hybrid hypothesis or theory of everything or theory of this, whatever. And that's kind of the camp that I've <clears throat> set up in is the truth lies somewhere in between. So if I, if I'm going by that, then of course I think I'll, I'll dabble in both realms, if you will. Mm. So I would say also, even when you look at like scientists, scientists who use the science or scientists who use the scientific method, are still subject to the same cognitive biases and um, flaws that everybody else does, like pareidolia, Dunning-Kruger, confirmation bias, um, even logical fallacies. Uh, if you don't know what logical fallacies are, um, let me think. There's a, so like one of them would be like an argument from ignorance. So one would be like uh, you can't prove aliens exist, therefore they do not. You know, the opposite would be you can't prove aliens do not exist, therefore they do. So mm. that would be a logical fallacy. Um, another one would be like an appeal to authority. So it would be like, so um, let's just say this top scientist uh, is a top brain scientist. So therefore, they're an expert on life on other planets. That's not how that works. That's not that person's discipline. But the fact that people would use that to prove their point, that's an appeal to authority. You have other ones like ad hominem, uh, begging the question, appeal to emotion, appeal to a majority, which appeal to majority would be like 99% um, of scientists believe this, so, or 99% of people love this, so it's got to be the best, things of, of that nature. 
appeal to pity, appeal to force. Appeal to force would be like, believe this or else, you know, I'm going to do this or whatever, you know, I'm going to hurt you or whatever the case may be. That would be an appeal to force. Um, yeah. And then irrevel uh, irrelevant conclusion. Um, so let's get into some of these altered states that I'm talking about. So these would be. Let's get into them. Are we going to actually get into them? Or? We're going to get into these altered states <laughs> live. Pass me some stuff. Um, so I guess let's start with the first one that everybody can relate to, and that would be dreams. Um, people have been having weird dreams since people have been having dreams. Um, people like I saw somebody, uh, Nature's Wrath, mentioned young in the, the comments. You have like... Um, Carl Jung and uh, others trying to interpret dreams and apply them to the to uh, theories of consciousness and things like that. Um, I know you're huge on dreams, Maurice. Um, oh, I had a doozy last night. <laughs> do you care to share? Or? I, I, yeah, we can get into it again. I don't know how, how, how. Do people really care about hearing your dreams, though? I mean, you does know, it, is, is it going to be cool or is it going to be a waste of our time? Let me ask you. Um, it was. I've I've had a reoccurring dream um you know what's interesting is it's actually taking place like it's it's in your in the vein of your grandma's mansion but it's not always the same facility but it's like there's a that it's a feeling kind of thing and it's an always an old house in gross point and it's always that 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 place even if it, it looks different it's that same feeling and uh you know, it's funny because like I'll an wake old up English Tudor creepy style. Yeah, absolutely. Me, well, me and Michael are from Gross Point, Michigan, so it's like there's a lot of old houses there, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because we, when we were kids, we always thought that the place was haunted. But um, oh, there was a it, chicken uh, coop slash butchery room in the basement that was had some creepy vibes, no doubt. Yeah, or absolutely. the ballroom so, creepy vibes. Yeah, yeah. So again, I don't know if it's if it's materialized since we've been child been children it's kind of just like seeped into my subconscious but either way i always have these these dreams where there's a feeling of dread um scary nothing really like crazy scary actually happens in them but it's that same feeling and it's i always tell my girlfriend about it and she's like that doesn't sound scary at all but when you're in the when you're in the dream it's 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 terrifying and this 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 sense of dread overtake overtook me last night in a room and something peculiar happened last night the only reason i brought it up is something happened yesterday in in the dream that's never happened before and i remember when i felt that sense of dread i uh i started praying in my dream and uh calling out for jesus and i had a like a cross in my hand and this big explosion of light and happiness and love and um resilience and calm came over me and exploded the whole room turned into a, a blinding light and that bad feeling vanished and it was the, it was the only time that i've ever done something like that so i thought that was kind of cool now where's mm -hmm. that coming from is that coming because i'm getting more connected to the beliefs and i'm going down more spirituality you know the path of spirituality and this and that maybe so or I know a lot of uh, shamans and things of that nature. They they come to grips with dreams, and that's kind of like how they get anointed. The, their shaman role, isn't that correct? 
I mean, I think that there's different, obviously, traditions. Uh, um, there's psychedelic ones. There's non-psychedelic ones. There's, I mean, it depends on the culture and uh, the people. And But, yeah, I mean, I, I have heard what you're saying as part of it. But, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I think, uh, 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 who's our buddy uh, who was talking about the, he, he had a bunch of sleep paralysis. Lee Adams. Lee Adams, yeah, yeah. And he said that, like, part of, I don't remember which culture, but the shaman's ritual was they would constantly have the sleep paralysis and until they were able to fight off that, that entity. And then once they did that, that it rose them to another level. And then they were kind of like, okay to give people the guidance, if you will. Yeah. So his, his was, he had bad, um, bouts of sleep paralysis and the way he was able to overcome that was to, I think he said he swallowed, yeah. The entity. Yeah. And then ever since then, he hasn't had it or something like that. I, I, I feel, I'm pretty sure that's the story. Yeah, but he's a super smart guy. And I think he's also, you know, he's done a lot of research into other uh, societies and cultures and things of that nature and has seen how they dealt with the same kind of uh, paralysis. Yeah, another uh, person that's studied young uh, pretty in depth. So, um, so, yeah, that's interesting for sure. Um, would you so like when you have a dream like that though like do you apply meaning to that now or does it did you carry some sort of significance past that experience or is it like most dreams where it just dissipated and then you moved on yeah no i I felt really good about it actually today like i was actually just thinking about it a little bit ago and uh because it's that it was that same feeling it, it it like i said a lot of the dreams are different but it's that same feeling that i had and I almost feel like I kind of overcame it, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I felt uh, maybe I'm just having more faith in myself, having more, uh, you know, b- believing in myself, having more self-love, kind of something of that nature. I don't know. I, I kind of flip-flop back and forth saying the dreams are part of the subconscious and I sometimes I'll go into that they're they're otherworldly because I've had dreams about, you know, a friend who passed away and they felt more real than real. But who are we to say one thing or another? The cool thing is no one really knows. And Mm. some people get upset about that kind of stuff, but that, that kind of stuff gives me hope and, and wonder. And I, I think it's very cool. Absolutely. Um, I don't, (laughs) I mean, uh, and, uh, full disclosure, I don't really, dream that often these days because of you know cannabis use or whatever yeah yeah um but um i can lucid dream pretty easily so um i don't have a lot of time these days because my my little guy and stuff but um when i did what i would do is i would wake up to go to the restroom sometime early in the morning four or five a.m uh, and then I would go back to sleep for a bit. And when I would do that, I would just go right into dream world. Um, and it's similar to how I would feel sometimes when I would meditate and then get very tired. Or sometimes I would meditate and even fall asleep uh, after. Um, so kind of similar in that regard. I think that maybe helped me g- able to get to those um, points. And if anybody doesn't know what a lucid dream is, lucid dreams different than um, like a... Uh, I don't even, a vivid dream. I would say those are two different things. Lucid dream is something specific. Lucid dream is when you are conscious that you are dreaming within your dream and you still play it out. You're still an actor on the stage, even though you know 
you're acting, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Normal dreaming, obviously, I don't think you're aware of that um, for the most part. Um, and then vivid dreams is just something you really remember. Like it's a really um, memorable, but slash you still have the imagery uh, lingers afterwards. I would call that a vivid dream. Uh, but again, a lucid dream is something where like, you know that you're dreaming so you can like manipulate your environment or it's almost like you're in a video game or something like that. So that's where I would distinguish the difference between those. Um, yeah, I have, I have a lot of them like that. Yeah. Do you, do you, so you do lucid dream then? Yeah. A lot, like you were saying, I, I wake up, I, I've actually been taking this knack supplement and uh, I think it makes you dream more. And uh, I have been having more nightmarish dreams or like one part that will be scary. Um, and what was interesting too is I, I know a lot of people say they don't dream in color. Well, I definitely dream in color. And I know people say that they they don't smell in dreams. And I've definitely smelled things in dreams as well. So for me, the interesting thing is whenever I dream, it's like a first person video game or like a whatever. Like I, I don't have yeah. like my body. Um, some people say that they do. I don't, I've never, it's always been like, just I feel like pure consciousness, almost like it's like you in the eyeballs dream, yeah. and nothing else, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah just to, just to jump back into the dream last night, another interesting thing was I, w- I had a dream about, uh, an old uncle who passed away, uh, he was looked at as a very bad guy and um, just had a bad image around him. Um, this is from my mom's side of the family. And uh, I, I met him in the dream, and he didn't seem like he was in, he was such a bad dude. You know, I, I know the stuff that he was doing on Earth, when he was on Earth were bad, and he, he, he screwed over a couple of his son's lives and stuff like that. But I met him, and again, I... Was I meeting him on the other side? Did, you know, did he repent for his his sins? And he was a new man, and I saw the essence of his actual soul, and it wasn't bad. I don't know. Sounds like you do know, actually. But we'll move well, on. It, it, if it was that, see that I'm that's sure, the stuff yeah. that gets that gets confusing because it, deep down in my subconscious, do I? I don't think he's a good person. So deep down in my subconscious, why would I? meet this guy and see that he's a good person that doesn't make any sense but i I guess we're we're very complex beings so so what about entities and dreams like have you ever had any dreams with like aliens or ghosts or um you know any sort of entities or no that aren't people that you know or yeah i've had some uh i was I had a dream, like I said, ever ever since I started taking this knack supplement. Um, you I've look at the ingredients; some... it says pure DMT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, and it was it was a time where I woke up and I, the the thing lingered on, and it was uh, me, my cousin, and his wife were walking around. We were like stuck downtown Detroit, and we were just uh, apparently I was the one that made them go there so they're like yeah i mean they were upset with me and i was leading them home and we were going through all the side streets and everything and we were very close to home and then all of a sudden uh a leather face creature came out of nowhere picked up my cousin's wife threw him over her his shoulder and then went into a house and it was like this sounds like jeepers creepers this was the jeepers creepers and i uh 
just thought about what he was doing to her, you know, and it was it was weird. It was like I didn't see anything, but it was it was it was movie esque in the sense where it's like your imagination is scarier than what's actually going on. Hmm. So, and then I woke up, and then I don't know. I have a tendency to to connect with particular situations and like really put myself in people's shoes. I don't know. I, I was talking to my therapist and he's like, yeah, he's like, you're super uh, empathetic. So it's like, if I read a story about someone that has an issue, like I, I empathize because I kind of put myself in to that situation. And, um, that can be a good thing, but that can kind of be a bad thing too. And I was like connected to that dream when I woke up, I was just like, what would have, what would happen if that actually happened? And, I don't know. It, it, the same. It's like how when you wake up from a dream, how how real it feels to you. Because that's the thing. It's like your emotions in that dream are real. So it, you wake up, and that that story that you were in isn't isn't real. But the feelings you have connected to that 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 situation are real. So that's mm. where it's kind of interesting. Because it's like, what the heck's going on here? Right. Um. Yeah. For me. Um. Lucid dreams, I've definitely had lucid dreams with um, entities, greys, that kind of stuff. I would say for those lucid dreams, though, it's always been while I've been obviously interested. I mean, we've always been interested in this kind of stuff since we were like 12 or 13 years old. But I would say that obviously the last five years since we've been doing this podcast and researching stuff, uh, it's definitely amped up a notch where... um, I don't know if it's because of the stuff that we are researching or the stuff I'm into, or if these are things that are built in the subconscious. You know, I remember when I was 13 or 14 or whatever, when fire in the sky, um, came out and that was pretty creepy. That whole Travis Walton, um, story. And then the way that they depict the abduction thing and the, uh, alien and everything. It was just pretty creepy. Um, but, um, so those, yeah, I've never had one though, where it felt as real as some of the other experiences I'll talk about in a little bit when we get to some of these other altered states. So, um, while I've had interesting ones, I would say that none of them have really left the mark as some of my other experiences where it's like, oh, this is more real than real or this, there's something going on here. So, mm-hmm. um, again, I really, the only, ones that I, the only ones that I gravitate towards that are, like I said, when, when I, when I saw my friend who passed away, but again, that might be. The, the the view that I had like everything that happened after that was like what I was reading about so I, I could see how it could just be deep in my subconscious what where it came from yeah and I mean it could be both though too right it could be you're thinking about it Bowen but maybe there's something that's playing off of us energy entities whatever um, that that's how they interface with us they take the form of things that we know or they take the form of ideas and entities and things like that to interact. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, where does an idea come from? Just like I was listening. Uh, well, you, all the great musicians say that the the best songs just kind of come to them and whether they're on a substance or whatever, but they tune into something. So where, where do ideas come from? Songs essentially our ideas. Where do these things come from? Because they're all around us. And at any given moment, you could just reach out and grab them if you can tune in right. And that kind of plays off my vibration uh, manifesto. Hmm. 
Mr. Vibrations. Um, So I think that covers dreams and lucid dreams. Um, So you kind of mentioned sleep paralysis. Um, Sleep paralysis is an interesting one for sure. Have you ever experienced sleep paralysis? No. Okay, I have. Um, one, One of the times was... I was super, super tired. I didn't really sleep the night before. Um, and uh, I was sitting on my couch on my computer doing some work. And I just got like really exhausted all of a sudden. And I put my computer down. And um, it felt like I was being sucked back into the couch and I couldn't move. And I was like being, I don't even know, like, like I don't even know, like held down or something like that. Um, and I, the more I fought it, the more like kept sinking, I kept sinking more and more and more. It was a very mm-hmm. crazy feeling. I don't even know how to explain it other than that. And then like a white light rushed over me. Um, and it lasted like, uh, it seemed like short, but I don't even know how long, uh, it was. Were you super tired when, when that hell happened? Yeah. That's what I was saying. I didn't really sleep the night before. So, yeah. um, and then another time was actually when we came back one night when I, I'd have like a stay over one night layover at my mom's after we go on our camping trip and we had been partying hard, you know, psilocybins, MDMAs, stuff, you know, uh-huh. all weekend. And, and, yeah, and you're never sleeping well in the woods. Ne- or never sleeping don't. well. Um, very fun trip, by the way. And there was other mystical experience. You actually, if anybody's interested, I go in more depth about that during our, in our uh, trip report series where we go through all our trip reports. I don't know which one it is, but um, anyways, uh, so that the night that I usually come back before I go home, I stay at my mom's and I remember um, again being tired, but this one was weird. This was more like visionary. Like I was being held down in bed and I didn't see any entities, but I looked up and like what was a light fixture, not the light, the light wasn't on, uh, but what was a light fixture turned into like a globe or like a planet. And then there was like a little darker planet behind it. Um, and if it, see, it felt to me like it meant something. I don't know that it did. I tried to have been racking my brain ever since to figure out if it did mean anything. Uh, but um, it felt very metaphysical, very real. Um, and I definitely, um, still remember it pretty vividly actually. So, yeah, that's the cool thing. Not the cool thing about that, but about dreams, like a a dream will pop into my head and some of, some of them that aren't as metaphysical. It's like, was that actually something that happened in my life or is that a dream? Hmm. And in in all honesty, what's the difference? Well, I'm reading an amazing book right now. We're going to do an episode on it coming up. I think you should read it too. Um, you don't have to necessarily read it to, for us to do the episode, but it's called American Prometheus. It's about uh, Robert Oppenheimer, uh, the creator and the head of the um, Los Alamos uh, um, atomic bomb. You know, he basically discovered where they created the atomic bomb for World War II. Um, yeah. And it's not, you know, it talks about like how he struggled with um coming up with that uh even though um i don't know it's just i don't want to ruin it right now but it's a really interesting book because he always uh cites the bhagavad gita it's not only just the um i have become death destroyer of worlds that quote um he he goes into like a lot of in-depth quotes from the bhagavad gita that um play into other aspects of some of these 
consciousness phenomena and how people um, fulfill their destinies and things like that. So it's a really interesting book. So mm. if anybody's interested, that's called American Prometheus. And actually, the, the way I found out about it was I was reading some article that popped up on my um, Twitter uh, timeline where it was talking about how Christopher Nolan um, dropped all projects and he's working on this Robert Hop- Oppenheimer docu- documentary or not documentary. I think it's like a biopic. I don't know. Something yeah. like that. Um, and um, it's, he's going to base it on this book, American Prometheus. So I'm like, Oh, I got to check this out. So I, I take, it was just amazing. All the stuff that you didn't know about, the process of them building it, Richard Feynman, all these amazing scientists were, were a part of it. Um, and the way that it came to fruition and there was a lot of like spy stuff happening and, um, there's just a lot of stuff at play. It's a really interesting book. Uh, so I highly recommend that to, to people. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so back to, uh, so sleep paralysis stuff. Um, I know, people experience a lot of entity action in sleep paralysis. And there's a lot of people um, in the UFO, UAP community that don't like talking about this, but I think that one of the mechanisms that people are interfacing with these entities is through sleep paralysis. Now, I think when you say that, people immediately get defensive and say, oh, no, uh, you know, it's not just sleep paralysis. There's something real there. I'm not saying that there's not something real there. I'm saying that maybe that's the physical mechanism that occurs to interface with these entities, meaning any sort of altered state of consciousness might be putting you in contact with something else. So the fact that um, when you say sleep paralysis, it doesn't mean to debunk the abduction thing. It's to show maybe this is the way that this is happening as opposed to some physical being being in your room when, you know, like who knows what's happening. Like maybe that could all be happening in your head, not to say that it's not real, but then if somebody was in the room with you, they're not seeing anything, you're experiencing this crazy thing. Well, then what's happening here? Kind of a thing, you know? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, sleep paralysis, you mentioned our buddy Lee and his experience. I think from what I've, I've experienced sleep paralysis, but it was different. It almost had like a, mine had like more of a positive um, more mystical nature of it. It wasn't with dark entities or anything dark. So I can't really speak to that, but, um, people that have that, I've found that when I've listened to people talk about it and people we've talked about in this podcast, they always say that if you confront your fear or you take your fear head on and you, um, you know, go with that, I think that that's when people usually have success with overcoming it or they deal with it or they're able to manage it better, things like that. So, Absolutely. Moving on here, sleep deprivation. Um, this kind of plays into, I think, some of the one, like dreams, sleep paralysis. If you're tired enough, you will start to see things. Um, I don't know the, you know, in terms of like the neurochemistry aspects of that. If is it more like a tropane, you know, psychoactive compound experience where you're maybe seeing things that really aren't there, or is it more of like a tryptamine psychedelic experience where it's playing off the nature of reality um, kind of a thing? I don't really know when your brain starts to see things like that, what's happening. But um, again, sleep deprivation can induce altered states of uh, consciousness for sure. I've gone in my life, I'm trying to think, I think there's a couple times I've gone a couple days without sleeping and you do feel like you are, you're not cogent, you're not coherent, you're kind of like um, a little out there 
you very Absolutely. slow to respond to things. Um, that's why, like, if you're tired and you're driving, it's even more dangerous probably than being in, um, you know, other capacities uh, of similar nature. So, yeah, I mean, you'll even start you'll start seeing tracers. You don't even have to be up for that long, right? So, I would definitely consider that an altered state of consciousness. Um, another one in the same vein would be daydreaming. Um, I'm not a big daydreamer. Um, are you? I mean, what does that even mean? Like, just, like, th- just like zoning you, out and thinking? Almost like having, like, ADD, but maybe you stare off into the sky or off to the side. You know, you you daze off and you, you start to go into, like, a whole thing. Not like, like a dream where you're, like, incapacitated, but just, like, you're so in the zone. You know, like, somebody's talking to you. And you're like, hey, hey, they're trying to get your attention, but you're thinking about something so in-depthly, you know? No, I'm pretty attached to the to the world around me, but I do kind of stare off sometimes and uh, if I'm pondering something, but it wouldn't be distracting me to the point where I wouldn't respond to somebody. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm not a big daydreamer, so I can't really speak to that. Um, but I would consider that. I have kind of done that before. I, I did it more when I was younger, maybe in like school and stuff like that. But um, Fasting, I think that's a... A definite go. I've done some intermittent fasting, um, and I've done some actual fasting. And yeah, you can. I don't. I don't mean. I don't know how long you have to go to actually start like seeing things. Um, but yeah, you can, it can definitely do. Actually, I will say though, it, it does make you feel good too. I don't know the what's happening there, but some of the times where I've done like intermittent fasting, you actually feel like not weighed down by anything. Obviously. Um, I don't know. What about you? Have you, do you ever fast or have you fasted? No, man, I got to eat a lot <laughs> and a lot frequently or I get agitated. He's like a bird. He eats little bits at a time, but he eats a lot. <laughs> I know people that swear by it. I, I think it just cleans out your, the, the, the gut biome and gives, gives it a chance to, to flourish again, which would have a positive impact on your mood and mind and things of that nature. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think, that fasting is definitely uh, a good tool and maybe I could do it if I curve my appetite, but it, I don't know. Like if, if I'll tell I you what, work out, what I it is good something. for, I think is, uh, um, I think it gets your, like your, um, your metabolism back in whack, you know, like if you're out of uh-huh. whack or you have some sort of, you know, um, disturbances or whatever, I think that's good for that for sure. So, yeah, you can um, get yourself back to the baseline. Yeah. Um, I don't so know. Yeah. I'd be interested to try it. Maybe I will. It's just. I mean, there's like speculation I too. I know we've. What do we talk with when we had Rick Strassman on? Um, you know, talk about people fast. You know, going through the desert and ancient uh, times, possibly fasting for long enough, you could maybe even induce uh, DMT experiences or things of that nature. So. Um, I don't know how long you would need to go to experience something like that, but, um, yeah, I know people, I've seen people talk about that they can do that, so. Yeah. Interesting. Nature's Wrath said, uh, daydreaming is, uh, is real. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't doubt it. Um, again, I just don't have the personal experience with that to draw from. So if anybody listens to our show, they know that we're not just gonna bs our way through stuff so if we know something we'll speak to it if we don't we're gonna keep it moving yes sir 
uh, hypnosis. This is this is one that fascinates me. Um, I don't know. Have you ever been hypnotized? No, I haven't. I'd be interested to try though. So, I've tried to. Well, okay. So, you know, for different therapies for my OCD, I've tried hypnotherapy, but it is a little out there. I don't think I went to the right person. It was nothing against that person. I think that maybe it just has to do with finding the right person that, um, you know, can, can yeah. Get I mean, some people that. are more susceptible to it as well. So you might well, there's, not be one of those. I'm sure there's that, but I, I just um. I know it works for people too, um, but yeah, I, I uh, it's something that intrigues me. I'd like to try it again, um, but yeah, I don't think I've ever been hypnotized like what you see people on stage or anything like that. I think that people that can really do that too, I think that's obviously an altered state, state of consciousness, but I don't know, again, the exact mechanism where you go into such a suggestive state. It's almost like you're tapping into your um, subconscious or something like that, or something along those lines. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I would be very def- interested in trying it. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's some people that swear by hypnotherapy and again, I'm, I'm totally willing to try it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I will say the experience that I had trying it was very calming, very relaxing. I felt good after, you know, it was like almost like when you leave the gym and you've got that feeling, that glow, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But it didn't last very long. You know, I think that that's the biggest issue there, at least for me. So maybe again, maybe I just have to find the right person. Um, Hmm. but so, uh, yeah. If anybody's been hypnotized, leave a comment, you know, share your experience with us. I'm interested to, to know more about that from somebody that's actually had that experience or can, can draw from that. Um, yeah. Besides the kids we saw get hypnotized at our, uh, all night party after high school, walk around, walk around like a chicken. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But I want to know, I want to talk to somebody that's had one of the, what's it like to be, we got Mr. Iceman over here. Clanking. All right. I'm ready to I'm ready to hang out with Maverick. <laughs> um so uh so yeah, interested in the hypnosis. Um okay, so the next one would be something that I can definitely speak to and I think you can too. It would be like cognitive or mental health issues. I know um my OCD has definitely altered my state of consciousness when I first had it. It was like living um with a different brain and having to create new pathways and new, um, ways of thinking and pattern recognition and things like that. So, um, it definitely alters your consciousness for me. Uh, I learned how to use it and channel it in positive ways too. So it's like, um, uh, you know, OCD can be pretty debilitating. There's some people that have it really bad, um, that either don't get help or maybe that are resistant against certain treatments. Um, I've really made it a point, um, to understand my own mind, um, and be very honest with myself. Um, so I think that's been very helpful, obviously being able to, you know, go through some of the therapies I've had and like, um, some of the more out there psychedelic stuff and things of that nature. Um, you're able to look at yourself outside of yourself and have some more, insights and things like that. And I've read tons of book. I'm like, see tons of different books on CBT therapy, the mind, how the mind works, things like that. So again, I'm not, I don't think there's a cure out there for anybody that has OCD. Um, uh, 
So it's just one of those things where, again, some people have it more debilitating than others. I've tried to channel mine into positive things. And it, when you can do that, it's it gives you kind of like a superpower in a way. But on the other end of it, when it's bad and it's a, it's got the negative aspects kicking in your mind or these negative thought uh, loops and things like that, it can be very debilitating as well. So you just have to, to figure that out. And um, don't be afraid to get help. You know, there's tons of different resources and tools out there today. So if you feel like uh, that might be you, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, I know I've been too proud in certain points of my life, and it was just, um, uh, you know, it's just like a, um, I don't know, it's, it's like a waste of your time. Not a waste of your time, but it's almost like I wish I did this sooner when you actually do do it. So, um, yeah. But what, I don't know. What about you? Um, I think that anything altering your, your perception could, uh, could definitely have an impact on, on things. You know, I always wonder if, uh, people that are mentally challenged just see things in a different way. And, um, well, any sort of cognitive, any sort of cognitive thing you have, you know, like you, you know, I don't know, you, you know, going through school, you know, I don't know if you want to speak to your own, but you've had, you have issues, you know, I know you had some sort of things going on, uh, growing up, you know? And yeah. The, I mean, they, 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 they labeled me saying I had ADD and a learning disability, but I don't know how much horse shit that is. I don't know. I don't really, yeah, because, that's what because I, now, now it becomes a story of your life. Like they said, I have a learning disability in reading and writing. Right. So now yeah. I've been, my whole life, I told myself that then when I get out of school, I'm a writer. I'm a reader. Like, yeah. was that's that's you a, read a lot of books. I mean, ever since I've in school, I mean, you read a lot of books when we were in school too. But what does it even mean? Like, yeah, I can't spell that great, but does that mean that I can't read or write? Like, I, I don't can, know. I mean, I can attest to that. I have to proofread anything we do together that involves words and like you know words at the bottom and things like that. But other than that, I wouldn't say that you have any sort of you know obvious you know issues or anything like that I, I was just talking more to just like uh depression and stuff like that not necessarily like from like the learning but i think everybody gets depressed sometimes that's a altered state of consciousness you know yeah but, yeah but you... I, I, for me i found you know exercise and things like that can keep if if i don't exercise or do something then i don't feel like myself and then find you know tapping into my family's history i my dad's like that, so I, I think it's kind of reverberated through the generations. Um, but no, I mean, I'm a very much a creature of habit, and when things get uh, a little off, then I, I, I become a little off, and uh, that's one thing I've been working with my therapist a, a, a lot about. But, you know, it's when you have... Lot, when you have anxiety, I mean, again, a lot of people have anxiety. I have probably more than, than most. And getting in a routine that can really, you know, diminish those those symptoms. But then, obviously, life will change and you're never going to be able to keep your routine to the, to the, full, to the full maximum. It's interesting, too, because, like, my girlfriend's the, kind of like the opposite. She, you know, she was a flight attendant and stuff, so she kind of lived the, the day by day and, she doesn't have she didn't have a routine and things like that so having her in my life has also helped me kind of adapt and having to travel a lot to see her and oh yeah we're just just breaking up my 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 everyday uh routines but you know everybody's different but i think 
I think routines, especially for creative peoples, are are a big deal. A lot of uh, creative people, like one of my favorite directors, you know, David Lynch. He, he wakes up, he wears the same clothes every day, or essentially the same clothes every day. He eats the same, pretty much the same lunch every day, and it's just freeing up his mind. He doesn't have to I think about what say, he's going to put on. I, he doesn't have to think I, about I was what just he's going to eat. He, the reason why that that's a benefit to him is he just doesn't care about those things. So it's not occupying space in his mind. So I was just right. going to say that, like, the, I mean, the same goes for, um, a lot of things that I do, but I would say that I'm kind of different in that sense, even though I'm a pretty creative person, my wife and I are very different opposite of you guys. So like my wife's very structured, everything scheduled months, weeks, you know, whatever in advance, I'm very day to day. I could do something different every day or have a different pattern or ritual, you know, whatever. It could be different every day. Uh, I never wanted to be that like robot style life. Just something about that's always turned me off. And I know that that works for some people, but it's very something about it's like depressing to me. And I, I, maybe that's my own problem, but, um, well, that's a, that's a part about growing up though, is learning which what's good for you and what's bad for you. But again, just like anything, everything's good in moderation. So it's good to go on vacation. It's good to break it up. It's good to stop, not go to the gym one day. But it's it definitely when when I'm cranking along and being my most creative self, it's definitely when I'm in that pattern. Um, but so, it's just time different times for different things. So now the other thing would be there are mental health issues um, like schizophrenia. And things like that where people do have voices and entities talk to them and stuff like that. So uh, neuroscience isn't there yet. I don't think they really understand the mechanisms um, of how all that works. Um, so I know there's been different studies linking it to like gut, you know, biome. There's other studies that link it to um, certain genetic, th- you know, markers and things like that. So um, we have to see where science goes on that, but there are people that experience these, you know, these things and, you know, and there's been some debate on that. I know there's some people that point to in ancient times, those people would be like shamans or medicine people or whatever. Um, so I guess it just depends on how you look at it, but, um, yeah, and I don't know. I always find that, that interesting, the mental health, um, cause I think everybody's suffers from something, right? I mean, everybody at least gets depressed. I mean, um, yeah, don't let the, social media trick you. Everybody's not yeah. having the best life. No, ever. and I don't even know that there is like a normal. I don't. I think that that's just like a, like a, you know. Well, that can get you into you... trouble because that's a lot of the stuff that I talk to my my guy about too. It's just like, oh, I suffer from this, and it's it's not normal. He's like, dude, trust me, you're normal. Everybody has these things, and when yeah. just just by hearing that, and just by normalizing a lot of my frustrations and anxieties and worries and doubts. It, it, it makes me feel immediately better because it's like you just realize that you're not alone in this. And again, with mental health and things of that nature, it's like people wanted to sweep it under the, you know, the rug and mm. it didn't make any sense. Cause if you broke your arm, you would go to the doctor to get it fixed. So if you broke your, your, your mind in a sense, why not go to the doctor and try and get that fixed? But right. I wanted to ask you, have you ever seen the show undone? Uh, no. What's that? It's pretty cool. It's like, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a um, Richard Linklater does it a lot in his films, where like they film somebody. It's, I think it's called like rotoscoping or whatever. Hmm. But it's like a cartoon, but they film actors and actresses, and then they draw over the actual film. But it's cool because it's a show about a uh, a girl who 
tries to like get in touch with her dad who passed away and her family has like a, a connection with like ancient uh I can't remember what the tribes were but some South American tribes and stuff like that and she's labeled like a uh, like a schizophrenic or whatever but she's actually like in touch with different spirits and things I don't know it's cool because like it, it's in season two now and you don't know if she's crazy or if she's actually like talking to different entities and mm. things I think it's like some Mayan stuff I don't yeah. know I'll check it out it's pretty interesting sweet. yeah I gotta it's on check Amazon all right um so you mentioned working out a couple times too so we can go to runner's high which is a real thing you know I mentioned leaving the gym and having that like glow or that feeling or getting done working out and you have that feeling where it's like oh like the best um i haven't been able to get to the gym in the last few years but uh when i used to go all the time you you know the best feeling to me was going putting in a hard workout or playing bat like you know hard game of basketball and then uh taking a nice steam you know and then taking a shower and when you leave there you feel amazing to me, there mm-hmm. is, I mean, there is no other high that's like that in that sense where you're in your normal consciousness, but you feel like amazing, you know? So, yeah, these are the, these are the best highs because there's no hangover. A lot of the time I equate the higher you get, the lower you're going to get. So you're, you're going to go out drinking, you're going to be out partying. The next day you're going to feel like you're not going to feel good. You're going right. to be kind of depressed and things of that nature. If you're going to take any like, you know, amphetamines and things like that. And you're going to get super high. You're, you're going to have to crash because you're expelling all your, your, uh, your good stuff, all your serotonin and things. So these are the highs that I've really focused in on. I don't even smoke cannabis anymore. Again, I don't have anything against it. I think it's an amazing substance. I think it can help a lot of people, but I've been puffing for 30 years and I, it was giving me anxiety. It's not like I'm some, some, some non-drug advocate. I just didn't, it didn't, sit well with me i'm right there with you man i mean i I, not that long ago took a dab and i used to do i used to dab (laughs) all the time i took a dab i'm like oh my i can't believe i used to do this all the time i was like oh my god like i was just annihilated you know like yeah um but i mean i'm older more mature i have way more responsibilities now so maybe that's part of it but um, but you also have to recognize you know every seven years the cells in your body are reproducing and in, in replacing themselves. So essentially your whole, your whole genetic makeup every seven years is completely different. Is that so a true thing? Look that up. You're not going to, uh, well, I'm yeah, not I mean, saying I don't gonna, believe you. I've heard that before, but I just want to know if that's an accurate. I just read it in a book. Let me see. Uh Oh, it's gotta be true. Then. Um, I, again, I have heard that, but I don't know how true that is. Um, well, yeah, you know, every seven years that you can, you, you get, different allergies and things can uh yeah let's see so but the whole you know working out and yeah that that definitely but i would say that that i wouldn't connect that one right that one's never at least from my experience and listening to other people i've never heard of somebody working out and then seeing entities during or after you know like yeah i have not not done that either but maybe you can see the world clear again for me it's the vibration. i would say what, you're, so you're no, on a what clear, you just said right. path. yeah yeah no it's it's a more of like a hyper awareness is what you have it's like a altered state in in the sense that you're more aware i think or you're hyper aware you know so even i'm though looking you, at go, go ahead. ahead i'm looking at uh science howstuffwork.com again i don't know how valid these things are but this says every seven to ten years Old cells die and are replaced by new ones. Okay. 
Again, I have it, heard that. I just wanted to see if that was like an old wives tale or if that was. Yeah. You know, when it was talking, it was in a book that I was reading. It was about, you know, uh, bettering yourself and growing as a person and this and that. And that was one of the things they were comparing. It's like, look, your body is essentially becoming new every seven years. So you should be growing as a human. You, your, your habits should be changing. Your thought patterns should be changing. And it's not uncommon. Again, I look at a lot of people in my life that aren't progressing as people and it's a shame. You know, I know people see people, they can decline as they get older and that's, that's a shame too. But, um, I'm, I'm on that, that, that upward growth cycle and you're going to take step back. Hmm. You're you're not, you're not always going to be progressing. You're not always going to be on the incline. You're going to go back a little bit, go forward a little bit, but to be a strong person, you should be able to look at the mistakes of your past and uh, accept them, not feel bad about them, feel good about them, and grow from them because you aren't the person you were yesterday. So how can you make the the, the, the you can't feel bad about making decisions from the past because you weren't the person that was was actually making that decision. That was you from yesterday or a year ago or ten years ago. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Good points. Um, so where were we? Uh, oh, yeah, the working out runner's high. Again, no entity connections there in my opinion. But if somebody has a different story, feel free to uh, leave a comment um, and uh, I'll take a look. Uh, well, so- I, I did want to th- I want to <laughs> piggyback <laughs> back. When I do run sometimes, I do feel a, a connection to, to the atmosphere and again, this might be because the, it's like when the right song hits and I'm feeling that runner's high or whatever yeah. from biking and things like that. I feel a very peaceful connection to the universe. Sometimes I feel like I, I'm in contact with, a, with a, a buddy who has passed or things of that nature. So you don't see an entity, but you may feel a, a connection to an entity or a connection to a, a consciousness that's greater than you 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 feel on the day to day and i also have a have a very strong connection to my memories when i'm in that state when i'm riding my bike i don't know if it's a uh, the flow state or whatever but it happens a lot more when i'm riding the bike i don't know why but if i'm riding around in like a it, uh, one of our old neighborhoods or something like a, a memory will pop in um and it's quite vivid so i don't know you would you consider that a you know an entity i don't know because we don't know what not necessarily i get what you're that. saying I, it's definitely an altered state of consciousness that i'm not even debating that i think my my thing comes in is it similar to some of the other stuff we're talking about which seem to have more visual and mind-altering things happening if that makes sense absolutely um so the next one would be meditation now um, I've been meditating pretty, well, I haven't been doing it as much lately, but f- like last, before last year, I was doing it probably two or three times a week for an hour to two hours at a time, uh, in the morning or, uh, later in the afternoon. Um, and I definitely had very metaphysical experiences. Um, you know, some people, And you mentioned Lee Adams, him and I were trying to go back and forth. There's this thing that happens when I start to get deep into meditation where these lights start to flicker and dance around. It almost looks like 
colorful light butterflies floating around and then maybe you'll see a spotlight or whatever and i kind of follow try and follow it it's always out of your purview um we had rick strassman on he said maybe it's phosphines but i don't think i think that's more of a strictly a visual thing um Mm -hmm. some people say it's hypnagogia or hypnagogia um i think that could be that um based on things that i've read um, which is like the state right before you start to fall asleep um you can see visuals and things like that so it might be that but i've seen that in meditation where i had no intention of falling asleep so i don't know if that's connected uh but other than that in meditation i've seen weird things i've seen you know flying saucers i've seen ufos uap entities i've seen all sorts of stuff in meditation i've i've had weird i've seen things in meditation okay so i guess i'll just uh this two of the more mystical experiences I'll mention. So one of them, I was about an hour deep into meditation. Um, and I saw like in disembodied, um, head of this curly haired cherub, uh, woman. Um, and I got the sense that like, I know this woman, like what's going on. Um, and, uh, I realized, um, at some point that, um, it seemed like it was my, it felt like a presence and you know, I don't really ever talk about stuff like this on the podcast, but it just felt like that. And I had a sister, um, pass away when she was two, I was five. Um, and she had, you know, brain issues and she had developmental issues and things like that. So she didn't really, she was missing like a a part of her brain and stuff. So, um, this was more of what she looked like fully, you know, there, um, if, if, if she had grown up and things like that, that's the, the feeling and the image that I got. So take from that what you will. Uh, but again, that was deep in meditation. Um, and it was a happy kind of interesting feeling. It wasn't like anything sad or somber or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, another one deep in meditation was I saw, um, well, there's a couple more. I won't talk about some of them. I'm going to, I keep some of them close, you know, close to, you know, in the old noggin here, but, uh, one of them that I will mention was one of the times deep in meditation, I saw this apartment where my wife and I were living and, uh, then I saw it in a dream. So I saw it in med- deep in meditation and then I saw it in a dream and then lo and behold, that's pretty much where we live now. I think one part of what I saw, uh, wasn't exactly the same, but for the most part it was. So it was very, very interesting. Uh, and it gave me the chills once I saw the apartment and I knew it was the place. So wow. uh, again, take from that what you will. I'm not saying I have any special abilities. I found it very bizarre myself. And uh, when I get the chills, I know something's going on or the goosebumps, whatever people call them, they call them different things all over the world. So, yeah. Um, so there's that. So again, I've had other ones. I, maybe I'll mention the other ones sometime, but that's just what I'll throw out there now. Um, but yeah, meditation has been huge for me, not just, uh, for encountering these metaphysical things, but also, um, it's when you come out of it, you're calm, you know, it's that calm, serene feeling. You feel like you can take on the day a little bit better. You can deal with things in a more relaxed, um, more relaxed manner and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Those are just my experience. What about you? I've never seen any entities, but uh, again, yeah, I've seen some weird stuff meditating. Um, I think the colors, the 
the kind of the stuff that you were describing, just uh, just kind of going down that rabbit hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and again, but that no, could, never, never, never aliens could, or anything like that. Yeah. And and again, I don't know. I'm not pretending like I have some connection or there's you know whatever. I'm saying that these are the experiences that I had. I don't know if it was because I'm interested in those topics or have watched enough of these movies or researched enough of these things or whatever the case may be. Um, You know, I'm not saying that that's where that comes from. I'm just saying that um, that could be a possibility. I think you you would be naive not to think that it's, if you're studying something that that wouldn't infiltrate your mind somewhat and present itself and manifest itself in these ways. I'm not saying that that's the case, but I'm saying if you're not at least entertaining that as an option, you're not, you must not really be after truth because I think truth, um, truth comes from looking at things from all directions and, and, um, trying to sift through all the data to arrive at something that means something to you that makes sense. And you feel like you could apply that objectively to the rest of people and it would make sense too um so uh, again take with take that with uh what you will i mean there's some people yeah. that believe uh in solipsism which is we are you know there's no way to prove that you're real i'm the only real thing you're not necessarily real i'm real you're not you know so there's people that think like that too so i guess it just depends on your personal well, philosophies and perspectives and i don't mean that absolutely. in a negative way there's some people that just think that they're their own reality like there's everybody else is you know not in their same experience so uh-huh. um but yeah so that's meditation deep prayer i would say it's similar um i would say deep prayer um is similar because of the structure of it and the ritual of it um is different you know like meditation you can you prayer you close your eyes you get in a position whether it's uh, cross-legged or on your knees or whatever the case may be. Um, Now, when you get into deep prayer, um, again, very similar to meditation, but again, there's some ritual associated with it, which you could have rituals with meditation too. I I have rituals uh, with my meditation to get into those states, Um, but I would say it's different in the way because deep prayer implies some sort of religion or spiritual connotation um and also deep prayer um from the way that it's perceived by the public or society is more of like i feel like prayer is more that you're asking for something or asking for help or needing something or you know you're reaching out as opposed to meditation where it feels like it's more of a communication or a two-way two-way street if that makes Mm -hmm. sense you know what i'm saying it feels like prayers more you asking or needing help or something asking for something as opposed to meditation where it seems like you're just reaching out to connect to something well yeah i mean for meditation you're trying to just actually let the let let thoughts come in and then not reacting to them with a prayer it's almost like you have a it's a more of a guided um i don't want to say result oriented but you have more of that in your mind right or you, there's like a purpose of what you're doing for meditation. The most part of it about it is to have no results, to have nothing. It's more of just to be able to sit there and observe whatever comes in and comes out. So yeah, there's a little bit of a difference, but I can see a lot of more, a lot of similarities between them. Hmm. 
Uh, so yeah, there's that. If anybody has any, you know, input on that again, if anybody has input on any of these topics, feel free to comment or leave a message or whatever. Um, you know, sometimes we get negative stuff too from people. It's like, I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. If you have some sort of data or some sort of information, I'm happy. Oh, we got attacked last time, bro. (laughs) No, that's fine. Uh, (laughs) but I'm just saying like, in terms of like, I'm, you know, we're not trying to change. We're not dogmatic. You know, that's what we're, we're, we're fighting against dogmatism. We're trying to have open minded dialogues and conversations with people. Um, if you're, if the person coming at us is dogmatic, it's like, I don't know how we're expecting to get anywhere with this conversation. So yeah, we will get some of those people sometimes, but Hey, you can't reach them all. You can't win them all. So, right. Right. Um, so NDEs and OBEs. So NDEs, near death experiences, OBEs, out of body experiences. Obviously near death experiences is something we've talked about a lot on the show. Um, from we've had a few people that have had near death experiences and then we've had a few researchers, uh, who study near-death experiences. And then we've had somebody who's had a near-death experience and is a researcher and a neuroscientist, and that would have been, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, um, Proof of Heaven. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Look up author of Proof of Heaven. Uh, well, yeah, Maurice, these are some of my... Yeah, go ahead. My favorite Oh, Dr. Eben Alexander. That's yeah, one. yeah, yeah. So we've had Dr. Eben Alexander. We've had... Uh, Dr. Penny Sartori, she was really interesting trying to run certain experiments with older people um, who are end-of-life patients and stuff like that, Um, and just some of her stories working with end-of-life people. Um, So that's an interesting one. Uh, We had uh, Rob Gentile, who had two traditional near-death experiences and needed a heart transplant. That's a really interesting episode we did with him. So that one's called Quarks of Light. I forget what episode number that is, but uh, check that out if you're interested. Um, So there's that. Um, And we've had quite a few other people where we've talked about near-death experiences. Um, So that's a really interesting one to us. My mom had a traditional near-death experience when she was giving birth to my sister. Um, And she passed away, I don't know how long, I think like a minute or a couple minutes or something like that. Uh, and I, even when she came back, the nurse and the doctor like knew she had some sort of weird experience cause they like asked her about it. Um, yeah. so, uh, obviously this stuff's been happening for a long time. Um, but, uh, yeah, and she, my mom experienced her deceased father and my other deceased sister. Um, and they said, go back, it's not your time. And you know, the tr- you know, pr- a lot of archetypal, near-death experience stuff is what she experienced. Again, very interesting that there's a lot of crossover in those experiences. Um, And again, my mom, um, you know, she's not, uh, I don't know, she's not really, like, scared of death anymore. She's she's also beat cancer, you know. So, like, there's a lot of things that I know people that have had those experiences that are no longer scared to die or they feel more comfortable with the idea of it. So that, that's a very interesting one. Uh, and a lot of the entity pe- things that they, people experience, very interesting. Um, a lot of people experience family members and deceased family members and things like that. So um, I don't know exactly what's happening there. Um, I know there was a recent study, I think we pulled it up one episode not that long ago, uh, where they believe that the whole life flashing before your eyes or the whole... Um, you know, uh, what's it called? Like life review process 
might be real based on the waves that they recorded in this guy's brain by accident. They were trying to see something else in his brain and he died right there and they captured this thing in this mach- the uh, um, fMRI machine and stuff. So again, I don't know yeah. um, what uh, you can look for that article. I think we we looked it up not that long ago but uh i mean i've had a few friends that had their life flash before their eyes they weren't even they didn't die or anything they were just in a very scary situation so i don't know if that's yeah i mean i've been close i remember the release or what what's going on there i remember driving home uh to michigan from chicago uh with my wife a few years ago where it was very late it was like two in the morning it was cold out this big deer just walks right in front of us. I'm going like 78 and you know, you feel like everything flashes for everything slows down. Um, it feels like everything's going in slow motion and they say you're supposed to just like run through a deer. Um, for whatever reason I did like a little like bump to the right, you know, kind of a thing and went around it. And it like walked as I was doing that. It walked more further across, so I was able to avoid it. But it's just that whole thing. And then when I was done, it's like that that stomach in your throat feeling, and then that relief afterwards. But that whole th- the sequence, it felt like time slowed down. Um, so yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, lots of things happen. It could be adrenaline. Lots of endogenous chemicals flying around in your body. Who knows exactly. Um, the mechanism behind that but i'm sure there's somebody out there pretending like they know um so there's that and then so ndes again we've done tons of episodes if you're interested go back and look through our catalog there's a decent amount of them uh and then obes which out-of-body experiences so there's a lot of people from even young ages that recall having out-of-body experiences or looking down on themselves from above um all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, and there is a lot of crossover from what I've taught from talking to people and just like researching things and reading books and stuff. There's a lot of crossover between OBEs and NDEs. I think that one woman we had on a long time ago, Cindy Massey, um, who wrote that book, um, had, um, she had like out of body experiences when she was younger that felt like near death experiences or what, what somebody would consider near death experiences. So that was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, have you ever had an out of body experience? No, and I've never had a near death or I've never had a, my life flash before my eyes. My friends were asking me and I, you know, I've never had that before, but one of them was held at gunpoint and, and that kind of stuff. So, I could see that happening. And like I said, I equate it to some kind of flood of DMT. But again, I, you know how I'm, how I go down that path. Um, so in terms of out of body experiences, I did. So I kind of like laid back and was like, kind of like closed my eyes and just got into a little bit of a meditation. Not that long ago. I think it was probably like three or four months ago. Um, and I remember seeing myself on the other side of the wall in my apartment. It was very weird. I felt like I was there on the other side of the wall, even though I was still, I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't dreaming, but I felt like I was out of my body in my other room. And I knew that and could like see myself in there. I don't know. It was very bizarre. That was the first time I've ever had anything like that. So I don't, I don't really, Mm. and it was, it's not that clear other than what I just described. So, 
Um, yeah. If anybody yeah. else has had any out-of-body experiences they want to share, again, feel free to uh, comment or send us a message or whatever. Um, but yeah, again, if you're interested in the NDE and out-of-body experience stuff, check out our past episodes on that because we've had some great guests and researchers on those topics. So, Absolutely. Some of my favorites. Uh, synchronistic events definitely puts you in kind of like an altered state of consciousness. Um, uh, we've done past episodes. I'm not going to spend too much time on this one because we have gone through a lot of the ones like the story with my mom um, when she found out she had cancer and that whole synchronicity that I've had. I've mentioned it on many episodes. I think we did an episode maybe like Myst- uh, Mysteries and Synchronicities or something like that. It was a different. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but it was... Uh, um, a while ago. Um, but, uh, so there's that. Um, I know whenever I've had like a synchronicity happen, you become hyper aware and then you start connecting dots, but there's something weird about it too. It doesn't feel, um, like it feels more like a dream. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I, I usually have them around things when I'm contemplating something and then, um, it kind of drives home the fact or the idea that I'm pondering. So, but that's more in the sense of uh, something that the ones that actually matter, there's a lot of other things too that happen like synchronicities with time and things like that. And I equate those to just being on the right wavelength. Um, Yeah. Being kind of, you know, on the, on the right vibration and, doing the right stuff and then the universe is kind of showing you that you're on the right path 11 11 pops up a lot for me and uh that kind of stuff you um yeah when i had that spiritual awakening kind of when we started this podcast uh yeah i 11 11 it was like crazy the amount of times where i was what I was thinking about was crazy when I would see eleven eleven, where it's to the point where it's like, oh my, it would get the chills like every time almost. So yeah, I definitely feel that. And the only the only one that I really can't understand, and it, we always laugh about it, is I would always have a Fresh Prince episode pop into my head, and then the next time I saw that show, it would be that episode, or it would be like <laughs> later in the day. It's again, I'm still trying to. He's figure the Fresh it out, Prince but... Oracle. He's got the hat. He's got the glasses. <laughs> you go. Which episode's on today? You know when the one when Jazz got married, <laughs> but uh, but it's like I think um, I think everybody can do these kind of things. It's just taking the time and fl- uh, flushing out all the bad stuff that's in your body. Uh, drinking you know good pure water and uh, eating really good clean food and kind of avoiding some of the stuff that would lower your vibration. Again, I, I you know I hate to say that over and over again but it's like i i i abstain from alcohol and things like that and as soon as i started not drinking because i was a big drinker but the day i started not drinking lots of good things started to happen in my life and uh more things in the synchronicity nature more feelings of uh kind of just going with the gut and i think everybody has that within themselves some people kind of deny it or if they have a gut feeling, they'll talk it. They'll talk that themselves out of it with their mind. They they don't go with the gut. They kind of feel it, and then they go, "Well, wait a minute." And then they 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 think about it too much, so they kind of will talk themselves out of their initial reaction, which a lot of the time is good. So, 
I think that everybody has these these powers. I don't even necessarily think they're powers. I just think that the the human experience and especially living in America it 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 dulls these senses. A lot of the foods that are presented to us and a lot of the things that are made common for recreation and and, and with the booze and all that stuff, it's it just that it takes that power away from you. I think everybody has it. I think it's just, I think it's very natural and I think it's, it's, it's within us all. It's just to even like things like TV and stuff like that, distractions, it'll, it'll take you away from that natural ability. And we were talking about it before the podcast, walking around with bare feet, you know, connecting to the earth's uh, natural vibra- vibrations and things like that. And even it sounds silly, but like hugging trees and stuff like that, which are rooted down within the magnetic field of the earth can give you these natural energies and, and, and positive feelings. Mr. Vibrations. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> so we'll leave that one there. Moving on to psychedelics. Um so this is one of our, obviously, this is some of our bread and butter here, this psychedelics stuff. Obviously, we've had some of the top researchers and minds in psychedelics. We've had Rick Strassman. We've had Andrew Gallimore. We've had psychologists. We've had um, pharmacologists. We've had everybody. So um, if you're interested in psychedelics and some of our psychedelic episodes, we have a whole playlist on YouTube. And um, yeah, you can find uh, a lot of our past episodes on these topics. But uh, one thing I will say is I've had uh, probably three really transformational mystical um, experiences on psychedelics with entities. Um, one of them being on our camping trip, our Hogar trip. Again, that was a combination of psilocybin and MDMA. That was probably about four four years ago. Um mm. And I'm not going to go into the whole story. Uh, again, if you're interested, check out our trip reports, Mysteries and Metaphysics. I think it was the second or third one that we did. Uh, that'll have a lot of the stuff I'm referencing right now. Um, but, yeah, so I saw one of them. I saw a gray alien, another one. Um, I basically felt... Um, this weird mystical connection to somebody else that was on our trip with us through this, this book and this whole, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into it. There's just like a whole thing that goes along with it, but it was just during this like spiritual awakening I was having. Um, and then the other thing is um, one of the weirdest things I, I think I was that night before I saw that entity though, we were sitting around the campfire Um, And I remember we were in northern Michigan and I remember looking at the fire and the logs, you know how sometimes they're turned sideways towards you. Both Mm -hmm. the logs formed the, the, it looked like the the hand of Michigan. Like one log created the top part of the hand and the lower one stuck down like the thumb. And I remember looking there and all of a sudden like a fire triangle kind of, you know, Uh, appeared around that with like a little island off the coast of Michigan and again I've been thinking for the last four years what the hell does this mean it doesn't mean anything was it just a visual was it a message you know the fact that I saw that and then I saw the entity later on very bizarre Um, but again there was a lot of things happening that weekend so that was just a, a crazy mystical weekend i felt like i came back and i was at the eleusinian mysteries or something like that it was just very bizarre 
That's cool. You were there. I mean, you of were course. Just, you were just on a different vibration, Mr. Vibrations. <laughs> a very low one. I was yeah. wiggling around in the earth. A very drinking one. <laughs> um, I'm sure I was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the psychedelics definitely um, part of, of – uh, my experiences, I mentioned that sleep paralysis one. I wasn't on any substances, however. It was from a weekend of using that stuff, so who knows what kind of endogenous um, neurochemistry I was playing with at that point. Um, I'm trying to think what other... Oh, uh, okay, so another one I had, which I've mentioned, which was a four... four was a four or five gram? I can't remember. I have it written down somewhere. Um, dose of psilocybin silent darkness meditation um and i was told i was taken through like um like back through time almost like a slideshow of like throughout history of all these ancient people using psychoactive compounds to alter their consciousness and improve humanity kind of a thing um and i was i saw like plato and pythagoras and you know, all these ancient thinkers and, and stuff like that. It was very, very interesting. Um, and then I was also given the message, this is the realm of pure imagination, um, mm. which is very bizarre too, because we don't, like, what is imagination? You know, like, how are we able to imagine things? And then a lot of times things that we imagine, we can actually bring into reality or make, become a real thing, you know? That's where people mm -hmm. get ideas or inspiration or things like that. So is the psychedelic realm the realm of pure imagination? Are you tapping into some part of your neurochemistry or your brain? Uh, but either way, um, that's interesting. Um, so, But it felt like I was given this information too. Some people say like downloaded. I don't know if I would, I wasn't like necessarily downloading anything. I just feel like I was in commune with something greater than myself is probably how I would. Um, yeah, I think that sounds about right. So bizarre. And I, again, if you're interested, we did a whole series on these kind of trip report experiences. So you can go check those out. Um, but, uh, so back to the entity aspect of it though, I will stand by my current hypothesis, which I know a lot of other people have, have different versions of this, but this is just one that I've been throwing around for a, a while, which is all metaphysics. The idea of metaphysical things come from altered states of consciousness. And I think specifically psychoactive compounds because all the things that we've mentioned to this point involve um, either don't get you to like a completely different realm like psychedelics can, or they don't, um, you have to be like incapacitated, like dreaming or lucid dreaming or whatever. It's not like you can walk around. I guess some people like sleepwalk, but it's not the same thing. Psychedelics is really the only way to completely alter your consciousness in my opinion and still interact with the world around you which is a very interesting aspect of it and, I, and that's what I, that's why i'm so fascinated with it i don't know what do you yeah. think yeah i think it i don't want to say it's like a an easy way to get there i i i think that the human mind is probably capable of doing this without the drugs what do you think i just well, think it's an easier yeah, I mean, that's, that's what that... that uh, it's a surefire way to do it, that is what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. we know that if you do this, then you're going to be taken there, so... Exactly. Um, like, like if you eat psilocybin in a, a 
you know, above a, th- a psychedelic threshold, let's say you eat like even 1.75 or half, half an eighth or something, you know you're going to experience something. Maybe it's not as heavy mm-hmm. as other people or whatever, but you're going to have an experience um, as opposed to some like these other ones. And actually, you know, we've talked about this again with Rick Strassman where his book um, Soul of Prophecy is all about all the prophets from the Old Testament and everything and how... Um, you know, could they have been taking something? Yeah, they could have been, but that maybe they achieved those states without, or maybe there's some divine intervention thing happening there. You know, who knows? But uh, I think that there's different ways to look at it. But again, my my hypothesis is that all of these entities, gods, goddesses, everything, idea of different realms and dimensions and things like that um, have pushed humanity along uh, creatively uh, through these psychoactive compounds and altered states of consciousness. I just think that from living in a day-to-day life, think about what you do day in and day out. Do you ever really think about, or have you ever had like an experience with a God or a goddess or an entity during that day-to-day consciousness without any sort of intervention? Like you're just living as a person walking around or whatever you're doing. Like I haven't, have you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I have when I, go to church no that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about so when you go to church you feel like you are what connected to god definitely connected to something greater than myself okay but the, but you don't have you don't know uh, i'm talking about it like a transformation one of those more real than real experiences like when people have a near-death experience or people smoke dmt and experience entities or people that um, I'm talking about being completely relate your your current view of reality being completely uh, replaced with something else and being in a completely different realm like that where people have depicted since ancient times. That's what I'm talking about. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I definitely have seen results from prayer, and then when that when that when they come, then I have reinforced the belief that I've already possessed. And by the way, I'm not saying that you're not experiencing that. I'm just saying in day-to-day consciousness, I don't think that you could walk away confidently um, and say that's for sure what it is. That's what you think it is, right? I mean, that's not... Yeah, I guess so. So, I mean, you believe... I should say you believe or you have faith that's what it is. That's not necessarily an objective truth. And I'm not saying it has to be that way because I think that there is some benefit in believing in things or taking that weight off your shoulders. So there's some benefit to that, to the mind. Um, and maybe there's something to that, but I'm just talking about like, you know, you've had the experiences that I'm talking about where it's like, what the hell was that? Or, you know, this just blew my mind, you know, that kind of a thing. So I don't experience that, um, in day-to-day consciousness. Very, the only thing I've ever experience like that was at my dad's birthday a couple years ago, which I mentioned we saw him and I uh, were staying in the wife uh, in the backyard with my wife in his backyard. And we saw this orange orb um, that darted off before I could even pull up my phone. So other than that, Mm. I've never experienced. And even then I'm not going to jump to conclusions on what that was or whatever. It was just a bizarre experience. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's psychedelics. Again, if you're interested, go check out those, um, you know, trip report, uh, series episodes that we've done, uh, not to mention all the other researchers that we've had on in the past, a good one about, um, psychoactive compounds and all that. It would be 
Um, the ones that we've also done with Matthew Palomari, who's an author, Psychonaut. He's had great experiences and great insights on these things as well. Um, so, yeah, and some people are talking about, like, is it needed? No, it's not needed. It's just all these things we're mentioning are these are different vehicles to experience this stuff. So do you need to do these things or have these things or take the, No, you don't. Um, there's meditation. There's, you know, do you want to... It depends. They're all different tools to achieve these states. So however you want to experience them, these are all there. But it's it's up to you to figure that out. Nobody saying you should do or not do anything if you don't want to. So Right, right. Um, we mentioned the inducing endogenous, endogenous psychoactive compound effects. Um, there's that, which we mentioned. Um, so, and then sensory deprivation tank. Uh, so that was created by John C. Lilly, the guy that was shooting ketamine um, intramuscularly and having some crazy, crazy entity. If you want to read about somebody having crazy entity experiences and stuff like that, read any of John C. Lilly's stuff about these these high doses of ketamine trip reports because you will it'll blow your mind some of the stuff. So. And then um, pop on Oysterhead and listen <laughs> to the song. Yeah, and then our our uh, our guy Trey Anastasio from Fish uh, was in a side project called Oysterhead with Stuart Copeland, who is the drummer from The Police, and Les Claypool, who's the bassist from Primus. Um, and they have a um, a song called Oz is Ever Floating about John C. Lilly. So it's kind of a weird connection, but if you're interested, check it out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so sensory deprivation tank. I've never been in one. You've been in one, right? Yeah. How was that? It's cool. I have a hard time relaxing, but yeah. the last time I did it, I actually kind of dozed off and went into a little world, but did I've you, talked to the guys after. Did take an edible or anything? No, no, I don't do that stuff. <laughs> I know, but, but no, I could, I, every could have been I, when you every were. Time I, no, every time I come out, the guy's like, do you see any visuals? So I guess people see stuff, colors and whatnot, but I just uh, kind of fell asleep. I still have two uh, sessions. I should. I was just thinking about going to do that again today, so maybe that's a synchronicity for me. You should me make a video. Product. Yeah, I could go in there with the, with the GoPro, talk. But you I mean, the whole right. point I'm is ready to get free. in there. It's just a, a black video. There's no, nothing on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the, the, this is the best video ever made. It's just you just black. hear him splashing around in there. <laughs> it's um, a good time. So, yes, there's a sensory deprivation tank. Um, let's see here. Okay, another good one would be breath work. And I would have been um, not skeptical, but I would have been like, okay, I don't know enough about But we did an episode uh, with Ben Holt, I believe is the guy's name, and we did – Actually, one of our Patreon episodes, I did this alkaline breathing technique with them where you take like 40 deep breaths and exhale. And let me tell you something. I was like like almost trippy. Like Maurice saw my face. I was It was pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I definitely think you can achieve that. You look at like what Wim Hof does, um, these extreme breathing techniques. And I guess, I mean, DMT has been found in your lungs too. So who knows what's happening with that? But there's some people that definitely believe that you can achieve those states through breath work. There's people that swear by it. So I've definitely experienced weird stuff trying that breath work exercise. That was only like one time too. So I can't imagine if you become great at it and do it regularly. So 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely worth a try. Um, we should get him back on too because uh, that was a fun episode and it's not something we regularly discussed. So. Right. Yeah, no, I forgot. I, I should just go back and watch that thing and maybe participate in it, see if I can get some, some things flowing. Um, another one that some people, I don't know if they would consider this, but I think sex. I mean intercourse and sex and you know sexual experiences i think that can definitely be um a uh a mind altering or um you know altered state of consciousness you f- feel different during the experience and obviously there's other oxytocin and different neurochemicals chemicals flowing and um different things happening in your body as well so and you know you're getting your your blood pumping and everything so yeah, I mean yeah. that one you have to be very careful of because you have to, we have to contemplate your intentions with it. If you're out there having one night stands and things like that, I think uh, you you won't have as great of success as if you're spending it with someone that you truly love. Because uh, yeah, when when you're with someone that you really truly care about and you you're you're taking your time and you're very in the moment and you're connected to them and you're spreading your because essentially you're just spreading energy between the, the two of you yourselves. So you're getting their energy. So depending on who you're doing it with, could he, could be a really good experience or a really bad experience or, you know, it's, 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 you can fall into that trap though of just going out and partying. And I think a lot of humans, again, this kind of goes down the same path as the society keeping you at bay from your true potential. I think if, uh, Obviously, you're married, so you're 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 doing it with one person that you love, and uh, same goes for me. I mean, I, what uh, you're saying, I mean, it's a good point for sure. I I 100% agree with what you're saying based on my personal experiences in the past. Yeah, yeah, because you know, you go to the bar, you meet someone, you don't know who they are, and if you're just doing it out of the animal in- instinct or the animal nature, you're kind of. Uh, I think you're depriving yourself of something that's very joyous and great. And uh, these are some of the things that I've came to the realization, especially in today's society where porn and and, and sex and all that stuff's thrown around very lightly. And depending on how you're brought up, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with like mass. Yeah, I was gonna say there's nothing. Kind of stuff, but... I mean, there's nothing wrong with what you're saying. Like, I just I I think I agree with you, and though in the sense that I think it's you can get more out of it if it's with somebody that you love as opposed to a purely carnal or animal, you know? Yeah. Cause if you think, if you, if you're looking at it, like if you're thinking about that, if you think that humans are definitely above an animal and I'm not saying we are, or we're not, um, I believe that we are, but that's to be determined. So you um, think we have some sort of elevated consciousness that separates us from the animal kingdom? Absolutely. And I think it's our responsibility because of that to separate ourselves from the animal kingdom. Now, what does that mean? It means that we can say no to eating things. It means we can say no to breeding. And an animal sees another animal, it it, it knows it has to have sex. It can't stop itself. And some people play that card. I well, it's I couldn't stop myself. It, it's an urge. Well, that's I'm that's an the animal, excuse for the guys. Like I'm, I'm just a guy, or whatever. <laughs> you know, like whatever. That's. But I, I think that people again, it's a lot of it has to do with this America, this this un, the, the the society. I want. I got to make sure I say this right. Is the United States, not the America, not America, because there's a lot of different assets of America. But 
um yeah when you're you you think depriving is a bad thing but if you can deprive yourself from animal gratification with food with sex with all these other things that's how you kind of can build that's what the camp that i come from i'm not saying this was for everybody but for me um if when you when you start depriving that things or consciously deciding where you're going to put that energy again when you talk about sex and releasing um sperm and things that's like the most valuable cells in your body it's essentially it is it's 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 a it's a it's a potent brew that can create another human being so that there's a lot of energy impotency within that so every time you're expelling well, yeah, that I mean, you, you should be aware ultimate, of where you're putting I mean, it you're creating an, you could create an entirely um potentially human being so yeah I mean, right right but yeah i mean back to the mind altering aspects of it i definitely you come out of it you're definitely same thing with like working out it's, i would kind of equate it to that again i don't think i'm see i'm not seeing entities i guess some people maybe picture other people or something like that i guess you could do that but for me it would just be more of uh like the feeling from working out or like you said like some sort of release or something like that so yeah um yeah so it's an interesting one uh, people that, ex okay. So this is the one that I mentioned, I think last episode where we were talking about ancient Egypt. So like Tutmosis, the fourth, um, Akhenaten and, um, King Tut were all from the same bloodline. And there's some, I think there's some scientist or doctor that has a hypothesis that maybe they all had, uh, temporal lobe epilepsy, which can create aura like, um, lights around things. And also, spiritual bring on spiritual events and things like that that play off your mind um so there was some speculation that cause those three pharaohs were associated with mysticism and metaphysical things and things of that nature um akhenaten's obviously famous for um talking about believing in one god and monotheism tutmosis uncovered the sphinx and um uh became pharaoh um and obviously most people know about king tut so um so that i mean there's that i think that something like having some sort of disorder like that like temporal lobe epilepsy which obviously you know could have some there's that's like a negative health thing right but at the same time there could be some sort of spiritual connection thing happening there too and does that have more metaphysical implications beyond that or is that just some sort of thing that's happening in your mind i think that that goes into you know the discussion with everything that we're talking about so yeah um okay so earlier you mentioned something in your dream you were talking about fear um so i think fear and adrenaline can do crazy things to your mind we've discussed this uh in past episodes too that when you're like a kid and you turn off the lights in the basement you know you run up the stairs you feel like something's chasing you i mean do you ever feel yeah is that some sort of like archetypal thing from when we were being hunted by, you know, uh, saber tooth tigers and, you know, lions and wildcats and all sorts of different uh, predators? Or is that because we feel like something's there and there's just some presence there? Maybe we can't see because we only have a limited ability to see the, the vis visible spectrum around us um, and frequencies and things like that. I don't know. But, um, I can definitely correlate this to, again to that experience when I was driving in the car and we swerved around the deer. 
I definitely, my adrenaline was kicking felt like time completely slowed down almost to a stop. Um, and I've asked this question to many scientists we've had on the show. Do you think our ability to alter time or have altered time experiences is connected to the fabric of space and time? Or do you think that that's just, a, it's just something that's just affecting our perception of space and time. And if that's the case, what does that mean? I think that's a really interesting question. And that's why I ask it to so many people because nobody has a great answer to it, but I think it's definitely something that should be talked about or at least thought about more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so fear and adrenaline, um, do you have, you used to have that feeling too, right? Where you turn off the lights, something feels like something's there or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that comes from a past fear or something i don't know a gigantopithecus staring down (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, so yeah fear and adrenaline i think can do crazy things to your mind obviously anxieties you know mental health we already talked about all that stuff but um the when your amygdala your flight or your fight or flight um center of your brain brain starts kicking you've got the adrenaline pumping I think you can you can picture and visualize things that aren't there. Maybe that's when some... I mean, look, that could be the mechanism of people that experience things that like Bigfoot. Like I, I, we joke around, but maybe because they're scared, you're in the woods, you see something, your mind jumps to something, or you know, you experience what you think is something real, but maybe it's not really there. Maybe it's in your mind kind of a thing. So Yeah, well, definitely some of the encounters were, were that for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, it's just one of those things where, again, I, I don't know if anybody else, I think some people could probably relate to the whole run, turning off the lights in the basement and running up the stairs or turning off the lights and, you know, and, you know, that kind of whole thing. So absolutely. Um, now this is a big one. This is one I know you and I can both, both get down on, which would be music, sound, frequency, all of those can alter consciousness. So you have like, uh, I don't know if anybody's interested, but, um, I've we actually on our YouTube channel and I think I might even have had it uploaded to our Apple and Spotify and stuff too, which I created some meditation tracks for five twenty eight uh hertz frequency or four twenty eight, five twenty eight, I forget. Uh I think it was maybe four twenty eight hertz frequency. I'll look it up. Uh but um I think in the notes too I put the one that I meditate to. I forget the let me see, I think it's five twenty eight hertz. Um Anyways, so I really enjoy, yeah, so the one that I always meditate to, um, which I thoroughly enjoy, is this uh, 528 hertz, bring positive transformation, heal golden chakra, whole body cell, I don't know, That's just, and it's from this channel called Meditative Mind on, um, on YouTube, so you can check That's that sweet. out. I like that one a lot, but anyways... Um, you can, yeah, I mean, binaural beats, um, anything that has a certain frequency uh, that you can, you know, mess with, you know, can kind of get you into those states. Um, obviously, even music in general, listening to your favorite band. We love jam bands like the Grateful Dead, Fish. You go to those concerts, it's basically like an altered state of consciousness. Be- aside from people taking psychoactive compounds and aside from the sideshow stuff that happens on the lots and Shakedown Street and all that stuff, the actual music, the light show, the energy, people are vibing and buzzing. You're buzzing off each other. The music's 
you know, killing it. There's like a whole thing happening there. So um, I remember we were at a Dark Star Orchestra show in high school and they did the I Know You Rider and the China Cat Sunflower uh, combo. And that transition, even though it wasn't really the Grateful Dead, it was this cover band, they hit it perfectly. And um, I got the chills and I just remember that feeling specifically from that that show and, and being like, I love this. I want to do this all the time. And ever since then, we went to like a million concerts. So, Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is a, a form of drug. A healthy one, if you will. So, and if anybody's interested, again, links down below. Check out Dogo, which is Maurice's uh, band. And we're going to try Yeah, we got do- some new tunes coming out soon, so everybody uh, keep your ears and, and eyes peeled. Congrats to Maurice, too. I forgot. He won an award for best music video. What was the uh, thing that you entered? I won two, actually. I won one for best art video, and then I won another one for best low-budget music video. And people so, can find that on the Dogo, D-O-E-G-O-E YouTube channel. Yeah, it's the only video up, but, you know, we're trying to, we're working on some tunes. We got six of them in the can. We're, we're releasing them slowly. We got another one coming out probably in the next couple of weeks here. And uh, stay tuned for that. Maybe we can incorporate it in the channel more. Yeah. we love music here. Well, I mean... If I ever move back to Michigan one of these days, too, maybe we can do some music stuff, too, on the side. But um, I've been throwing around the idea, which I think we can do, which would be to do some sort of virtual jamming where we do remote jamming, like how we're talking now, but just jam and do some songs and tunes. And Maurice and I have a catalog of our own stuff that we've done with each other in the past. So Yeah, that's sweet. Um, and we can do a lot of cool new stuff, too. So. Um, I recently just bought a little tube amp. I'm excited to kind of use it a little bit more. I haven't had much time the last couple of weeks, so nice. Who knows? Maybe we can make it happen here soon. Um, uh, so look for that. Um, but yeah, so music, sound, uh, frequency, all that stuff alters consciousness. Um, binaural beats. Uh, you know, again, five twenty. I like the five twenty-eight hertz. Different people have different preferences, so you just kind of got to go through and see what works with you. Um, but I've also created tracks, again, on our channel, so if anybody wants to go check that out, you'll find them. There's a space meditation, I think, a psychedelic meditation. There's a few of them on there. So, um, Dance. I don't think a lot of people would think about dance this way, but there's actually a pretty good example, which would be um, the Aboriginal people have this thing called dream time where they do this dance around the fire in like a circle and they get into these meditative states. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else involved with that, but I just know that there's certain people in indigenous cultures where certain dances definitely change your consciousness or put you into a certain consciousness, uh, or an altered state of consciousness. Um, for me, going to like a fish show or a dead show, yeah, I probably looked like an idiot, but I danced my ass off and I had an amazing time and I definitely was tuning in. So um, mm-hmm. different vibes, you know? And then I would, for a few years, I've seen a ton of Umphreys McGee shows and that band is a little bit heavier, so it's a whole style. So like each vibe or band or frequency, whatever they're on, it definitely alters the way that you um, interact with it as well. What about entity, entity stuff? Any entity stuff 
I mean, I go, I would guess for me it would be meditation with listening to 528 Hertz. I've experienced entities. So, I mean, I don't know if that influenced it in any way, but no, yeah, I've never seen any entity. I've never experienced an entity. We got to get this guy an entity. Somebody get this man an entity. Keep it away, man. Keep it away. This guy needs a hitchhiker. (laughs) Um, but, uh, Melissa says anything rhythmic drums. Yeah. I love a good drum circle or, um, yeah, anything rhythmic like that. Yeah, it's like the repetitive nature of it when you when your body's doing something over and over and over again. I I actually attribute it to the same thing as riding the bike when your mind is focusing on being uncomfortable in the sense of you're either running or you're biking or something. Then your focus is drawn to that, and your other side of your mind is open to wander and and and, and bring in the outside. It's like you're breaking down that that filter, which may or may not be happening with with psychedelic drugs and and things like that because Mm. we don't know if it's blocking or if it's opening or if it's shutting off the 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 frequency or what's going on there yeah absolutely so yeah dance definitely one of them if anybody has a weird entity one with that you know leave a comment for sure uh hypoxia or oxygen deficiency Um, so yeah, I mean, if you hold your breath for long enough or you're diving, um, or you are, I mean, a a good example would be actually, we just had Andrew Collins on the podcast, uh, who's the co-author with Dr. Gregory Little of the new book origins of the gods. And he was talking about the Kazem cave in Israel. And, um, you know, they're finding in a lot of these caves now, a lot of burn marks and stuff too. So uh, one of the theories out there is that these people were burning stuff and possibly from lack of oxygen or inhaling too many fumes. Some people suggest maybe inhaling psychoactive compound fumes or smoke or combustion, whatever. Uh, but one of the, yeah, one of them is that they're just lack of oxygen uh, can definitely do stuff to you for sure. You can Absolutely. definitely see things and experience things 100%. Um, so, yeah. I remember the first time I smoked a cigarette. I think that's what I experienced because I got like very lightheaded. Um, I don't know how to, it was def- the first time I took like a few hits of a cigarette. It was like an altered state of consciousness for, I know that sounds yeah, weird. Yeah, I could see that. I, I just like got 11 sick. or 12 or something. Yeah. And I definitely got a no, no. Yeah. I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's not a, um, that's not a pleasant way to do that, obviously. Um, but yeah, definitely a thing though. Uh, another one would be trauma. I think trauma, um, once that gets embedded into your psyche, um, I mean, there's obviously tons of different types of trauma, but just the idea that something's so traumatic to you. I mean, for me with my OCD, I definitely have had traumatic events that you have almost like, um, it becomes like a fear of something, whatever you're experiencing. And then that thing kind of overtakes you and then you're altering your consciousness to kind of, um, avoid that thing or whatever it is. Um, so I think trauma, you know, there's all sorts of different kinds of people have been in wars, people that have been assaulted, people that have, you know, you can name uh, tons of different types of people that have had or experienced trauma. So, um, 
it definitely alters your consciousness not in a great way. I think that there are some people that probably even see things because they're so torn up about what they experienced um, that it leaves that mark in their mind uh, and it's hard to get away from. So, Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, another one would be rituals. Um, so uh, rituals, like again, OCD associated with rituals anything ritual based i mean you could doesn't even have to be like that like some people you were mentioning earlier you're very regimented you do the same things every day or certain times a day or whatever like that uh but you know there's different rituals that you could do that might alter your consciousness in terms of like let's say you were about to meditate before you meditated you stretched and then you took a shower and then you maybe took a hit of cannabis and then you lay down and you start to meditate or whatever the case may be. Um, that could be even a ritual that might take you to some other level of uh, consciousness. And then there's some people that identify with magic, like with like a CK that they think by writing sigils or doing specific actions or things like that will definitely have an impact on reality from some other realm. Um, I'm not necessarily, into that kind of stuff I'm not against it I just I think it's more about intention with that kind of stuff like if you put your intention into something um, it's going to have an effect so um, Mm. that's just my opinion on that but I'm open to you know stories and data and different things so Um, hypnagogia or hypnagogia people pronounce it different ways I don't know what the real way is but um that again, we mentioned that earlier. It's the the state that you get to before sleep, where there's visuals and things like that. I've experienced that before meditation. I don't know if it's that exact same thing, uh, but we've done plenty of episodes where we've discussed that. Uh, and yeah, I've mentioned a few of my entity experiences. Maurice has mentioned that he's never had one of these entity experiences, so who knows? Maybe he will sometime in the future, and we'll have some content uh, from that. Um, and so, you know, not to go through the whole list again, but there's different ways to classify these too. So, um, there's pathological ways to, or one, one subcategory would be pathological, which would be like that temporal lobe epilepsy or brain damage or some sort of cognitive issues. That's one uh, way. Another way would be pharmacological, psychedelic, psychoactive compounds, uh, endogenous chemicals, things like that. Uh, physical and physiological, fasting, sex, uh, some of the ones that we mentioned earlier, psychological, the meditation, the music, hypnosis, um, spontaneous would be like daydreaming or near-death experiences, that kind of thing. So there's different classifications. There are people researching this stuff and studying uh, these things. Uh, But I think the most important aspect of this whole topic is just drawing from experience or gnosis. You know, I think... um, when you look at like Plato's work, I think Plato's just such a great benchmark for um, all these kinds of things and ways to discuss them and stuff like that, that um, I just think that he was able to verbalize. um, He was able to verbalize things that people had been thinking about for like a long time or experiencing um, and then applying this idea of gnosis, which would be knowledge from personal or spiritual experience, um, even elevates it even that much more and adds uh, 
validity to it, even though it was so long ago. Um, it's still relevant to this day. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely feel like there is something out there, obviously beyond our five senses and sensory data. Um, and even the tools that we have to measure things and quantify things. Um, look at, you know, the news that NASA, you know, I don't, did you see the NASA's said that they're now coming out, they're going to start studying UAPs and UFOs. Yeah. Um, did they pay for that word though? Or, <laughs> Oh yeah. The, the copyright, if anybody's wondering what Maurice's reference, you can go watch our last episode 6.1. It's, it's all in the beginning there. Um, and we are probably going to be changing the name of our documentary, by the way, which was called, um, the experiences from, uh, UAP to DMT. Um, since there's been a copyright on the UAP thing, even though it's just for merchandise and shirts and stuff like that, we're considering changing the whole thing. So we'll see. We're going to figure that out. But, uh, yeah, if anybody hasn't already, um, check out our trailer for that, uh, which is the main thing on our YouTube channel, but we are going to make an updated trailer with the people that we've added to the documentary, uh, plus maybe the new title. So look for that. Um, yeah. Anything else we didn't get to? Anything else you want to throw in the mix? No, I mean, you've touched more than I could even fathom. So oh, very good, good work. That's because I do a lot of this legwork. Yeah. Hey, I mean, Maurice can uh, speak as much as he wants. You know, you're free to free to speak. Just up. give me the T-shirt, and I'll go. I'll go. I'll go crazy. We're just gonna turn you into the silhouette. You're you're no longer gonna be a person. You're gonna be the silhouette without a mouth, and you're just gonna sit there. I'm down, the clown. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, no, I thought. No, you had some pretty valuable uh, anecdotes, and I like your, I liked your, uh, I like this episode for you, Maurice. I'm gonna be honest. Thank you, thanks. I've been knighted. Did you uh, feel good about it? I felt the high vibration, my man. That's all I can ask for. Ooh, we should get a vibration meter where if the episode's going very shittily, you have a meter behind you that says <laughs> low vibration. Yeah, and this thing starts to turn around. We get to high vibration. Well, too bad um, we can't use the 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 Beach Boys song, or we'll be copyrighted. <laughs> That'd be yeah. hilarious if we could play that thing. Though, yeah. just give me a theremin, and I'll go. I'll go hog wild. <laughs> um. So uh, no, but yeah, I, I like uh, I like this. Um, I like this whole series. I like this mysteries and metaphysics. I think it's ele- it's elevated almost each episode that we've done in it. I think it's gotten better and better because this is the way we've looked. So anybody that doesn't know this mysteries and metaphysics series is the way we used to look at these things and versus how we look at them now and our current interpretations or. Um, philosophies on these subjects so I think we've grown a lot over the last five years no doubt Um, Mm. I think even you Maurice just even the last two years I think I've seen some dramatic growth in you as a person I mean not that you weren't an amazing person before but just in terms of you know personal and spiritual growth and those things absolutely got to keep that high vibe state and just keep growing we got to make that shirt Mr. Vibrations I'm feeling them. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. 
Um, I'm lining up a bunch of awesome guests here, so um, look for that here coming up in the next month. We're going to have some cool guests, um, as well as continuing to do this Mysteries and Metaphysics. So we're just going to keep uh, chipping away. If anybody's interested, we... Um, we're we you know we're on discord i haven't been using that as much lately i've been doing a lot of uh twitter spaces lately um so if you want to interact with me uh twitter's probably the best place to do that all the links are down below in the link tree but our uh, twitter handles uh at mike escape um on twitter and yeah i've been hosting spaces once a week lately and i throw up a poll and people vote on what they want to talk about whether it's metaphysical things or ufos or psychedelics or whatever so beautiful uh check that out but yeah if you want to support the show again i'll just go to our link tree there's different ways to support it uh we appreciate everything we appreciate all of our uh uh we have a new uh uh patreon member uh i will give a shout out to uh in a second here when i pull up the uh name and info uh, but yeah, I just really appreciate everybody that has been supporting our show on Patreon. Um, and you know, we do have exclusive content on there, but, uh, we, we really appreciate it. And there's, again, there's other ways to support our show. If you want to leave us a nice review on Spotify or Apple, if you listen to us on there, uh, we really appreciate that. And just the comments, you know, and the nice messages and stuff like that. And, um, uh, if anybody wants to help out or get us some more, uh, views and likes we would appreciate that if you just spread the word you know share a, a video or an episode or whatever and we appreciate that as well shout out to john uh coughlin um new patreon member we appreciate you and uh yeah that's it that's all i got oh uh, congratulations yeah. to ty again on winning the shirt we're gonna set if you don't hear this we'll i'll send you an email and we'll get that uh mind escape t-shirt to you and I think we'll run that uh, again. I'll start it up next episode we do, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody participating and all the love. And, uh, yeah, that's it. We love everybody. Stay safe out there. And uh, we'll talk we'll, to you next time. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>